Hello. Before you get into this episode, we have got a tiny, 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 tiny favor to ask you. And it actually is pretty small. It literally will take you two seconds. So 2% of you already do this, but there's a whopping 98% that don't. And we're talking to you. We need you to hit follow or subscribe to this podcast in order to help the curve create more and more episodes of bigger and better content that you can listen to. Yes. So it's literally the easiest thing ever. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, could you please hit the follow or subscribe? It means you won't miss an episode. It means the more people that find this podcast and listen, the bigger we can make our production. We can get better guests on. It's like the most helpful thing ever. So if you wouldn't mind hitting the follow or subscribe, we would be so, so grateful. So grateful. Other than that, enjoy the episode. Welcome to season two of Raising the Curve a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. The pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. So this is a place for you to learn about investing in finance in a non-scary or intimidating way. Thank you for being here and for listening because together we really can raise the curve. Now, what are we talking about today, Vic? (sighs) Drum roll. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Sorry. It was table more like roll. slapping the table. Uh, we are going to talk about interest rates today. Now, Honestly, don't fall asleep. Sounds so boring. <laughs> We're going to talk about interest rates today. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. No, but they're it's really. Good. You don't tell me what we're talking about <laughs> before we come into the studio. <laughs> no, it's, it is. I'll try and make it exciting. Okay. But it's really, really important to understand interest rates because they do have a big impact on different asset classes. So it's a really good thing to understand. So we're talking about interest rates, not only for like houses, but Mm. across bonds, cash, etc. Yeah, just why why are we in such a low interest rate environment at the moment and what drives interest rates and why you should care. Okay, still not buying it, (laughs) but go for it. So when... We're in a low interest rate environment like now. This is good for spenders because obviously if you're not getting a return for your money in the bank, you're like, screw it, I'm going to go spend that money. And so it encourages spending. But it also, so on the flip side of that, it's, it's bad for savers. You get less interest on your savings. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. I've had like no, ba- I mean, some of the stuff that's in my bank, the bank like interest has been abysmal. Exactly. And that's why we like term deposit rates are so low. You know, make right. sure make your make your savings work harder and all that. It's because keeping your money in the bank is you're just getting such a low return at the moment. Why are we in a low interest stage and how long has it been like that for? So we have been in a low interest rate environment for a while now. And that maybe if we go back to the GFC, so the global financial crisis, when Things weren't going too well in the economy and businesses needed help, consumers needed help. So the government uses interest rates as a lever or as fuel to help grow the economy. So if you think about lower interest rates encourage spending, when people go out and spend, they're helping fuel the economy, they're contributing to GDP growth. GDP. So that's gross domestic product. So that's the kind of the key indicator of how well an economy is doing. Um, it just shows the overall growth rate, effectively, of of a, of a country or of a an economy. 
was this similar to when COVID hit and they were like, support your locals, get out and buy takeaway, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Kinda, Is it yeah. a similar thing where they're encouraging the masses to go and spend money in a certain way? Yeah, there's kind of two ways to to help an economy grow or help it get out of a difficult situation, and that's through monetary policy or fiscal policy. Now, don't get, don't let those words. I can see your I eyes know. glaze over. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, this is a hard one already. No, 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 break it down. We're going to break it down. Fiscal policy is taxes. Fiscal does sound like sounds fickle and scary. So yeah. taxes make yeah. sense. And then monetary is interest rates because it's dealing with money. Kind of okay. think of it like that. So there's two ways. One way is you can cut taxes, which is encouraging spending. The other way, you can drop interest rates, which also encourages spending. Kent, sorry, I'm sure most people listening understand what you're talking about, but can you actually explain that? Because I don't totally understand. So when you say they cut tax rates, is that like if someone's salary at the end of the year, rather than taxing them 12.5%, they get taxed 8.5%. Is it that? Yeah. Okay. So if everyone's, say the economy's doing badly and a lot of people lost their jobs and... Uh, people aren't spending because they're concerned that they don't have have an income or their income's been cut. And, you know, it's just like times of stress or times of, like, tough times. Then, you know, if I was earning $100 a week and being taxed 30 and then all of a sudden I'm being taxed 20 I've got an extra $10. Uh. So I can go and spend that in the economy and then you help grow the economy then there's more jobs and people are more more people are employed and it kind of goes in a cycle it's okay. all these all these market market cycles no that makes sense so it's just there's just two mechanisms by which you can actually change or yeah. and try and influence people's habits yes yeah it's like two policies that you have that can can influence spending or saving uh, so with low interest rates the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is the organisation that sets the interest rates and has say on whether it should increase or decrease interest rates. Going back to what I was talking about before with the global financial crisis, uh, people were losing their jobs, businesses were closing down. You know, it wasn't a fun It was scary. It there was, was scary. Lots going it wasn't on. a fun time to be around. So the government cut interest rates. I think they were up about 7% back then. And they're now down to about kind of 1%. So they cut them pretty Whoa, drastically. So this was how long ago? 2008. So it wasn't even that long ago. No. So they so cut them, they were at say 7 and they're now down to, what did you say? About 1, 1 or 2%. Two, 2%. And that's on, from yeah. the Great Financial Crisis? Global Financial <gasps> Crisis. But, but great works as well. So embarrassing. <laughs> Global, GFC. The GFC. GFC. That's what I was thinking, yeah. the GFC. So, and this is what I mean by this, then there's cycles. And now we're in, we're in COVID times and we're kind of in go- in going in and out of lockdown and we don't have that lever because interest rates are so low. Because there's nowhere to go. You exactly. can't go any lower. So it's, it's, it's kind of like w- what happens now? And so you can use the fiscal policy side of things. So you can use you know taxes and, and giving stimulus or checks to people, which is what the government's done. But the, the key thing is that when you have such low interest rates, it's harder to go lower. Does that make sense? Yeah. If, you're already, if you're already very low, you don't have a lot of ammunition, should the economy need another help out? or It's quite yeah. scary, isn't it? Yeah, so that's kind of... Is, it a, is that a worry? What, what else can they do? Is it? Well, there's lots of other levers that they can pull, but this is kind of the most, uh, the, the, the most effective and... Proven way to yeah, fix and, it. Yeah, and, and it has the most positive flow-on effects when you reduce interest rates. Yeah, it kind of is a bit scary of, of, of 
of, oh gosh, we're in such a low interest rate environment. You know, we don't have those levers to pull. On the flip side, what has that done to investing? So like you were saying before, how you're like, oh, I'm getting nothing in the bank. And, you know, that, that that's exactly why we have seen so many people be interested in investing and seen such growth in the property market, for example, because people are looking at other ways that they can grow their wealth because interest rates are so low. That even if you even if you were investing in things that weren't doing astronomically well, they're probably still going to be better than being in the bank. Totally. And people are taking more risk and putting it, uh, putting money or, or allocating more of their savings into property and shares and and you know, wanting to learn more about the stock market and all that because they have noticed, they're like, hang on a sec, I'm not nearly getting as great a return as what I previously have gotten with my money in the bank. So that's why there's been such change of habit in the way that yeah, people are. and that's why there's been such good performance in the stock market and in the property market because people are searching for that return and wanting to get a greater return. I had no idea that's how interest rates worked in terms of them fluctuating. What other – so would they only ever rise if we're doing really, really well and the economy can afford to increase them or why yeah. would they grow again? So that's the flip side of it is that people get really concerned when we've got increasing interest rates because it means that the cost of debt is going to go up, so your mortgage rate's going to go up. You know, there's a lot of things that people – don't like about rising interest rates and the impact it has on them. But the underlying reason that interest rates go up is because the economy is doing well and, and we can afford to have them rise steadily. Uh, not sharp recoveries. Any any kind of sharp movement scares scares people. So So would it go up by like one percent? Even smaller. Oh wow. Like a like a quarter of a percent and a half percent. And who's the one pulling those strings? The Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Yes, yeah. And then, so they set the rate uh, and decide whether it goes up or down. And then the banks will follow what that what they do. So say they increased it uh, from one and a half to two percent, then the banks will usually follow and adjust their interest rates what do you mean and their mortgage usually? rates. Surely they all have to. Yes. Well, if one doesn't, <laughs> if one's like no, um. Or no, if you do it on the flip side, so say the RBNZ drops their rates and the banks, one bank goes, I'm not dropping mine, and the others go, well, I am, then you're going to lose all your customers because everyone's going right. to be like, hang on a second, <laughs> all these banks Letters. have got, so you can't, they all work in unison to a degree. There's always going to be little. Uh, it's like petrol. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My dad has an petrol app on his phone <laughs> which searches the cheapest fuel and where it is in New Zealand. So we'll be on like a road trip and we're on low petrol. And he'll be like, oh, just check my gas a meter, would you? I need to get There's on. There's a five-hour like, detour oh, to it. Yeah, honestly. Oh it's, oh, it's two cents cheaper there. Let's go. My dad, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, great analogy. It is just like petrol prices. They tend to all move in the same way, but they're Fairly not all exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... So we're on 1% at the moment. Is there any way that we could go below zero? Is that a thing? Like yeah. negative? Like yeah. minus 1%? I know. Weird. Yeah. Again. So there's places in Japan that have got negative interest rates at the moment. And if you just take a step back and think about that for a second, that effectively means that the bank is paying you <laughs> to borrow money. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Like it, really? Yeah. So so say I went and loaned fifty thousand dollars from the bank, they would pay me one percent of that. 
it's effectively if they've got a negative interest rates. So when you put your money in the bank and it's one percent positive interest rate, you'll get one percent at the end of say twelve months, one percent extra on your investment. If it's negative, oh sorry, no, no isn't you're, it you're sorry, paying 1%? you're paying the bank. Sorry, you <gasps> don't worry. I'll just I'll, I'll correct you if you ever get something wrong. <laughs> sorry, I had it right in my head. I just said it wrong. So just cut that bit out. Uh, no, no, I'm leaving that in because it's the one moment where I sound somewhat. Sorry, you, know, you like are paying the bank one percent. Yeah, to look after your or money. 4% or four percent or seven percent. But then if you're a negative, you're getting an increase on what you're already borrowing, whether it's one percent of that fifty grand or two percent. No, I am right. No, you're not. You're paying the bank to look after your money, and the bank's paying you to borrow money. It just means that when you deposit money in the bank you're going to get less when you withdraw it if you've got negative interest rates. So there's no encouragement to save at all. So therefore, people are either just going to keep the cash under their mattress or they're going to go and find other means of ways to invest it. And therefore, just the whole system Crashes. doesn't work. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's quite a, a mind screw. Yeah, we'll talk about that later I think because I'm yeah. still like not 100% sure what you're talking about. So what happens to the stock market when interest rates rise? So in my opinion I think we'll probably see interest rates rise soon just because we are in such a low interest rate environment. The economy is doing pretty well surprisingly during COVID. There's been a lot of government stimulus and all that uh, that I think we and, and and just because our property market is, is going absolutely bananas, that when you increase interest rates, it does take some fuel out of the property market as well. So it just means that people, more people will leave a greater proportion of their savings in the bank. They'll put less into into property and into the stock market. Why is that? So So basically it means you don't get as good a return from any of your investments. When the interest rates rise, essentially. So if we look at property as an asset class first, so when we've got rising interest rates, we've got rising mortgage rates. Therefore, less people can, can take on debt and, and afford to buy a house. So therefore, I'm not saying that you'll see a property market crash, but you'll see some of the wind come out of the sales of the property market when mortgage rates rise. It's just a natural occurrence. Then if we looked at stocks and the stock market and what happens there, so... Because interest rates form part of company valuations because you're discounting cash flows when you value a business, which is a whole conversation for another day, uh, it does impact the valuations of those businesses. So it does take the wind out of the sales of the stock market as well. So it, 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 has, it has downward pressure on company valuations, which is effectively uh, company share prices. With both of those asset classes and those being the most kind of risky or the more riskier asset classes, rising interest rates does tend for those asset classes to not return as much as they would if we we're in a low interest, a declining interest rate environment. Because when you said, you know, people, not that many people can take on a mortgage because it's higher interest rates mm. and, and the same thing with the stock market, does that mean if if it doesn't bother you, the higher interest rates, i.e. the mortgage rates being higher than they would be, does that mean that you still would get the same um, return or it would be less because you're paying more for your mortgage? It all comes down to, to supply and demand. So if there's less people wanting to buy houses, 
that impacts the price of your house. I see. So, so it's not going to be as good of an investment. It's it's not going to be as good of an investment if there's not that many people wanting to buy houses, essentially, because yeah. your value of the house is going to go down because less people want it. Or it's not going to go, yeah, it's not. it might not go down, but it might not go up, up as much. If you had 10 people that were bidding to buy your house because they could all take on a lot of debt because interest rates were low, now you've only got one or two, then you might not get that extra and how Extra does that price. then work with the stock market? It's basically the same thing, like more people are selling rather than wanting to buy? Uh, it's a, there is that because more people will be quite happy just put, keeping their money in the bank and, and not taking the extra risk of the stock market. It plays more into the valuation of the companies that you're investing in. When we're looking at investing in the stock market, a share price is really just a, a reflection of the valuation of the business that you're buying. So you have to look at the share price in relation to the earnings. That valuation is impacted by interest rates because when you value a business, you're looking at the future cash flows. And when they are discounted back, you're discounting back at a higher rate, which means you're going to have a lower valuation. So I'm just going to keep it pretty high level No, that there, makes sense. I understand yeah. that now that you said it that way. Yeah. So if you're discounting back at a lower rate, then you get a higher valuation. If you're discounting back at a higher rate, you get a lower valuation. So they're just inversely correlated. Valuations. So basically what I'm hearing here is invest now. <laughs> get in while we're at 1% because when we get to 7 it's not going to be quite as exciting. <laughs> I guess you need to have a view Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're not trying to give advice, but technically, it's a great time to be investing because interest rates are low, and therefore you can get more bang for your buck. Exactly. Yeah, and keeping your money in the bank right now and getting is not the a safer option. Is no, no. It's it's so low that your retirement is going to look scary. pretty scary. Uh, be having oats for breakfast in the morning, <laughs> baked beans for dinner. <laughs> Hmm, not the most nutritional, balanced diet. <laughs> but low interest rates are positive for property and shares, and they are good for the economy, and they, they help fuel the economy, and they help grow the economy. But rising interest rates aren't necessarily bad because it means that the economy is doing well, which means that businesses are doing well, which means that you and I are doing well. It's so, an overall lift up of the economy. Yeah. It's just having a balanced view. Don't be scared that you may, you may see headlines where rising interest rates mean the stock market's going to fall. It's like bad news Perspective. Sells. Perspective. <laughs> and, you know, a headline is supposed to be attention grabbing, but just make sure that you remember that. But, hey, that means the economy is doing well and we have the flexibility to increase interest rates. So look at it with a balanced mm-hmm. view. From your perspective, Vic, what would be – the perfect level of interest rate, you know, where, where you feel like the country's in a good position, it's not impacting you too much. Oh, good What's question. like a sweet spot? I've never been asked that before. God, without sounding like a, an economist. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, I think when we have such low interest rates like we do now, it does scare me that, you know, if things were to get bad, we don't have that flexibility. But then... As a property owner, I'm like, I don't want I don't want mortgage rates to go up. I don't want interest rates to go up. But I also see the flip side of a lot of friends struggling to buy houses and a lot of young families not being able to afford houses. And I think having 
a slightly higher interest rates and mortgage rates would actually lend itself to a more sustainable property market that everyone can afford to buy houses. And, and I know there's a, a, a ton of other issues of why in Auckland and in New Zealand right now people can't buy houses and that comes to lack of supply and all that. But I think if we just look at the demand side, if we increase interest rates to kind 3%? of 3% and then you've got mortgage rates 4 to 5%, say, then I think that would be a pretty good environment. And then with the stock market as well, that's done so well that, again, there's there could be there, there should be an environment there where you know valuations of businesses aren't on ridiculous multiples and they're not trading at ridiculous multiples and so i think we we are in an environment now where we could have a slight increase a slightly slight higher increase and it wouldn't have a drastic effect it's when you get the sudden movements up and down either way that people freak out it, people think there's going to be volatile, there's uncertainty, and then that's when it lends itself to kind of irrational behaviour. So does that mean you should be selling your house now? No, because I don't think an increase in interest rates and mortgage rates will cause the property market to fall. It just won't be growing by as much. Oh, okay. And I'm all about diversification. Okay. Hmm. There's a song in that, I think. Yeah. Maybe you won't sing it. No. <laughs> Give me a D. <laughs> Give me an I. Give me a D. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> we'll just leave it there, I think. We'll just leave it there. Give me a D. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Raising the Curve. Please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And we would also love for you to share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit from it. For more information about The Curve and how you can learn more, head to thecurve.co.nz or find us on socials at the underscore curve nz.